We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Hey, it's Flo, and here's my impression of a reality TV star explaining progressive discounts. So I was talking to Greg, and he said that Daly knew what Erica said about her when we were all on Marcus's boat. And I was like, you what? Wait for a seer drama because progressive totes his discounts like safe driver, multi-policy, and paid in full. So it's not like he said, she said, shut up, whatever. So basic, you know? Discounts to help you save more. Now that's progressive. But then he was all, no way, Jose, because his name's Jose. Legit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It's Wednesday, November 18th, 2015. Multimedia sports personality Joe Bartle here, joined by Rotowire's own Mike Doria. 
I do. Well, Mike. I just I just snuck that in the uh, the notes there. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to read it, but yeah, well, you Joe, know, I was uh, I was driving home from uh, the mall yesterday, and uh, had the radio on uh, one of the uh, AM sports channels, and I'm listening, and and I hear uh, uh, Rotowire Fantasy uh, Sports uh, Minute or Sports Report, and I'm like, oh, cool, and who's on? But Joe Bartle, the one and only. Multimedia sports personality, and this did I is, sound all right though? That's sound, all I really care. You really about. did, Joe. I, I'm, you know, I, I don't think I'd trash you on air or anything like like that right now. But you <laughs> did. You sounded smooth. You read, you read it. You read the news cleanly and correctly, and uh, sounded very poised. And uh, looking looking forward to more of that this week in our second podcast together. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we set a world record uh, last week by going. Uh, an hour and 30 minutes or something like that. It but, was very uh, close to that, yeah. But yeah, um, we, it, was, it was a pleasure uh, doing the podcast with you and look, looking forward to a uh, more good conversation this week. My problem is I just enjoy talking to you so much, so then I just want to keep <laughs> going on with this podcast. I promise that's not going to happen well, this time uh, around. Outside of the rate, the uh, podcast con- con- context, that's that's not really a common phenomena, so I appreciate it. Oh, man. Oh, now you're hitting <laughs> us all the sad stuff. The listeners are going to just feel bad for you, Mike. Yeah, well, you know. Suffering with the Patriots, right? <laughs> well, yeah. We'll get to the Patriots in a second, though. First, uh, last week of buys, this week 11. So we have Cleveland, the Saints, Giants, and Pittsburgh. That's it. We're all done with buys. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 definitely something that we've we've talked about a lot. You know, you need to pay attention to that sort of thing. It creates uh, problems, headaches, and also opportunities every week when there's buys. Uh, now... You know, we're all going to be kind of on uh, equal footing there. But as the season progresses, as we discuss in this podcast, players go down with injuries, and, and that creates new variables. I mean, it's been a season of injuries, it feels like. So I don't know if I could say anybody's on even footing at this point. But with at least buys over with, this is where the fantasy owners really uh, really have to step up to the plate, making sure they're watching the rosters and going after those guys that might have an opportunity based off of injury. Yeah, and uh, some some stuff happened this week that's going to create some uh, interesting opportunities out there. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, starting in the AFC East, as usual, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we have to talk about the Patriots again, but Julian Edelman. Yeah, well, he's my favorite player, and uh, most of my fantasy teams are named after Julian Edelman. That's even worse. Uh, I, I call my many of my fantasy squads Edelmania. Edelmania. I can't even laugh at that. That's just too, well, too yeah, old school. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I am, I am old school. Buddy. Well, now I am laughing. Okay. I mean, uh, things go the way that, you know, keep on going the way that they have been, Joe. Bartle mania, that's, that's next. Well, I would have thought that Gronkowski would be your favorite guy. You just want to party with him every night. Well, that, that would be cool. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I used to, pro- you know, proclaim that uh, Wes Welker was the greatest player of all time. And he kind of got replaced in that, like, slot role by Julian Edelman and... Um, I mean, it's kind of a cool story that he was a quarterback in college, barely drafted by the Patriots, uh, and then some opportunities happened. He seized them, and he's turned into uh, one of the top receivers in the game. So he's going to be out. Uh, the timetable initially presented six to eight weeks, which essentially means he's out for the regular season. There is a degree of hope that uh, he will return in time for the playoffs. Why do you want him to return? What? Before the playoffs. Why would you want him to return before the playoffs? Well, I said for the playoffs. Well, oh, oh, for the playoffs. For the I playoffs. thought you were saying before, and I'm like, no, oh, no. God. But, I mean, the, the thing is, is that, um, I mean, Patriots are 9-0. and I mean, we can't assume that they're going to get a first-round bye, but, I mean, unless things just totally go haywire, 
the Patriots are probably looking at a first-round bye. So I do think that uh, Edelman should be back in time for the Patriots' first playoff game, but that really doesn't do fantasy owners in full-season leagues and in daily formats right now any good until then. And and now the, the question is, who replaces him? Well, that and does this hurt Brady? I mean, Tom Brady has been arguably one of the best fantasy players, I think, in in all of it, not just quarterback, but just in any position. And Deion Lewis last week, Edelman this week, those are two of his top weapons. I mean, he, he, he has a, a tendency and an ability to shrug these sort of things off time after time. But you lose, you lose two of your most dangerous and elusive weapons out there in the passing game in consecutive weeks, and it, it can't help him. Now, does, does this mean that Brady's fantasy stock is going to go way down? I don't think so. I mean, Gronk is still there, and then Danny Amendola stepped in um, last week after Edelman got hurt, caught 10 passes. I'm not saying that he is as talented as Edelman, Uh I mean, this is a guy that's had a, a kind of a sketchy in, injury history in the past. So I'm just crossing my fingers that nothing happens to him. But at, at this point, he is going to be a valuable asset in PPR formats. Not sure he's going to find the end zone as much as Edelman did. But, um, I mean, he's, he's the obvious no-brainer pickup there because uh, he was probably available in a lot of leagues until Edelman's injury. Brandon LaFell... He's uh, getting healthier by the week, and he should uh, benefit from seeing a few extra targets per week. And then then after that, you start kind of digging deep. You look at Aaron Dobson, but he's more of a deep threat. I don't really see him as a direct replacement for for Edelman in any way, although there's just going to be extra targets floating around. So he may, he, you know, Brady may alter the game plan a little bit, maybe take a few more deep shots, which which hasn't been really a common thing for him this year when, he, when he's had Edelman constantly open right <laughs> but uh and then a real sleeper is Keyshawn Martin who uh has been out with a hamstring injury but you know after they got him from the uh the Texans he showed a little before getting hurt and I have a sneaky suspicion that he he might be the a bit of a quiet sleeper and I'm not saying that we can start him this week I'm not even sure if he's going to play uh Monday against Buffalo but uh, definitely got to keep an eye out because the Patriots offense, you never know what you're going to get out of them. And, um, I mean, they're one injury away from uh, Keyshawn Martin being a, a fantasy superstar. Yeah. And a sneaky sleeper alert right there. I, I'm interested by that name. I, I'm also thinking, I was just today actually, about Wes Welker signed with the Rams last week. Yeah. What happened if this injury would have happened like a week before? Would they have went after a guy like Wes Welker? Well, there's a lot of speculation, and that I actually thought of that as did many other people as soon as the uh, the Edelman injury happened with, with the the Welker having just signed with the Rams in mind. But uh, a couple of the uh, the Boston beat writers kind of said, "Nah, we don't think so." Patriots went in a different direction a few years ago with Welker, and uh, I don't know. It's you can never say never, but uh, it's not quite the the, the no brainer slam dunk um, that one might have thought. But Welker is now a Ram. Uh, he was active right away, caught a few passes. You know, might might actually turn into something in PPR formats. We'll see. I was impressed by his performance with St. Louis last week, uh, but the Rams in. 
total were just terrible. We'll, we'll get to the yeah. NF, we'll get to the NFC West a little bit later. But the Patriots they face Buffalo Monday night in New England. So Buffalo comes into this game seemingly pretty healthy. LeSean McCoy returned in uh, returned from injury. He seems fully healthy. This is now back to back 112 yard games for rushing yards. What do you think about his chance? Are you worried as a Patriot fan? Um, no, nah, not at all. Oh wow, the confidence. <laughs> No, I mean I'll, I'll let uh, I'll let Rex Ryan do the uh, the the talking up of the Bills for the rest of the week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean basically the Patriots have some issues to contend with, and they're they're nine and zero. But uh, you know, week after week something happens. You know, they're they're dealing with injuries on their offensive line. Uh, Jamie Collins, the uh, talented linebacker, was out last week. Not not a lock to to return this week. Um, obviously, we've we've talked about Lewis and Edelman, so. You know, I guess we have to think about the uh, the Patriots' defense. Um, yeah, Collins may not play this week. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a good game. I mean, uh, the the Patriots tend to get the best out of Rex Ryan coached teams, so it's going to be a fun fun game to watch on Monday night. Is this the game where Carlos Williams ends his scoring touchdown streak? He's a rookie this year. He's a backup behind LeSean McCoy, but somehow he's found a way to score in each of his last six games. Do you think that this continues against New England or no? Well, I mean, you know, you look at it, and he's 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 on a bit of a roll there, but uh, it's got to end at some point. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pencil him in for a touchdown every single week, but he is getting some opportunities in close, so, you know, he's, he's a consideration in, in TD-friendly leagues, but... Obviously, uh, as long as McCoy is healthy enough to, uh, to to receive the bulk of the carries, he will. Moving on to the New York Jets, they face Houston at Houston for another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, just had surgery after last week's Thursday night loss to the Buffalo Bills. He didn't practice Wednesday. Co- Coach, Dob- Coach Todd Bowles did say that he'd be willing to practice and play uh, Friday. Is there any chance that Fitz is going to miss any time? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, uh, he's scheduled to return to practice on Thursday, and he declared without reservations today that he he's going to start. Uh, the bear, the uh, you know, the Jets haven't officially signed off on that yet, but as long as there's no setbacks in practice, should be fine. I mean, mind you, it's the non-throwing thumb that was affected by the injury, and as long as he can handle the you know snaps, um, he should be fine. Um, yeah, I mean, they they timed the the procedure, and it's not it wasn't considered a major surgery. Right, it was a, a procedure to address a ligament issue. They timed it uh, strategically. Uh, the the Jets had the uh, the short week last week, so he had a few extra days uh, in between games. So it looks like he's going to be good to go. Brandon Marshall was limited in Wednesday's practice with toe and ankle injuries. Any concerns there? Not really. I think that's kind of a routine thing for him at this stage. He's been nursing some aches and pains over the last couple of weeks. Um, and if he's, he misses practice or is limited uh, on Wednesdays going forward, it's not really going to surprise me. So I think he'll probably end up listed as probable come Friday. You know, it's worth tracking, but I don't think there's a, any concern at this stage that he's going to miss the game. And I, I saw uh, during Thursday's game, Zach Stacy did end up fracturing his ankle Um is there going to be a replacement for him on the horizon here? Well, I mean, Zach Stacy, he's gone. Uh, fortunately for the Jets, uh, Bilal Paul, who, who has been sidelined of late, has returned to health, and he is he's ready to uh, step back into that third third uh, down change of pace role behind starter Chris Ivory. 
I mean, not a ton of uh, value in um, you know shallower formats, but in PPR formats, Powell could uh, get, get you a few catches a week, maybe get a few carries. So he's he's an option in super deep leagues. Again, if you're affected by buys, this is the kind of guy that you have to think about. Uh, Steven Ridley, uh, they're breaking him in slowly. I mean, I, I could see a, a scenario down the road in which if Ivory was hurt in a few weeks, that he could kind of slot in as the, as the team's top power back. But he really hasn't done anything um, of note since, um, you know, returning from the ACL injury. Obviously a serious injury, but there is a little intrigue there. I mean, he, he when healthy, he's a, uh, a powerful and productive back there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Ivory's been healthy and, and, you know, producing for the Jets largely. But th- th- this is a guy that uh, if we were doing this podcast last year, Joe, we'd probably be talking about his hamstring. Yeah, he seemed to always get injured for sure. Going to the last team in the AFC East, the Dolphins, they're relatively healthy heading into this week's game against Dallas, another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Devontae Parker, he came back last week. He was active, didn't record a catch. J.H.I., however, was very effective in his six carries. He had a team-high 48 yards. Is he someone you would add just in case Lamar Miller might go down with injury? Absolutely. Um, he's He's been productive with his touches uh, for the most part since uh, being activated from the uh, the short-term IR. And, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that uh, if anything happens to Miller, he's the guy. They uh, they got rid of Jonas Gray, as we mentioned last week, yeah. you know, unceremoniously. He's the king of unceremonious uh, getting cut or, you know, demoted after, uh, you know, that, that, that great game he had last year. Four then, touchdowns. Yeah, then he had a little issue with the alarm clock. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Ajayi looked great in college, fell in the draft due to, uh, you know, some – concerns over a pre-existing knee issue that uh, he managed to play pretty well through last year in college. And, um, I mean, not that Lamar Miller has to really look over his shoulder there, but, you know, he's a guy that gets hurt now and then. And, uh, yeah, that would be an extremely valuable asset for fantasy owners if Miller were to go down. Ajayi would just step into that role. So you don't see it being a timeshare of any sort? Not really. I mean, uh, who, who would he share the time with? You know? Well, that's what I'm saying with Lamar Miller and, and oh, Jay. okay, you're talking about right, like currently without yeah, any injuries. I mean, happening. I think that uh, as we touched on last week, um, Lamar Miller, he's obviously the starter, but the Dolphins have a tendency to not want to overuse him. Um, they they 19 carries seems to be this magic plateau that they <laughs> they don't let him, uh, you know, pass and. Um, so that's going to leave a, a few carries a game, at least, for Jai. And you know, when he's when he's getting six carries for forty-eight yards, like he did last week, and he, he gets the, that production, you know, he could he could creep up into uh, you know double-digit, you know, touches. So timeshare, um, not exactly. It, it's going to totally lean toward Miller uh, in in the carries department, and also in the pass catching department. Miller Miller caught a bunch of passes last weekend, so he's. He's, he's still going to be valuable, even if uh, Jai is getting added touches, but definitely something to keep an eye out because the, the, uh, the rookie's got some potential there. Moving over to the AFC North, two of the teams in the division are on bye, and two of the other teams really don't have any injury notes, but a huge factor last week, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't expected to play against the Browns. He didn't end up starting. Came in right away because Landry <laughs> Jones, he hurt himself, and Roethlisberger was pretty effective. What's the extent of Landry Jones's injury, and are we not going to see him anymore this season? Well, I mean, 
he's I mean the Steelers are on by so there's there's a decent chance that that he'll have enough time um you know on the Steelers by to recover enough to be a backup a backup <laughs> but uh yeah I mean the, the Steelers plan all along uh, you know as everybody knows um was to keep Big Ben on the bench for that game I mean Landry Jones started and and you know, I, I was surprised that Rotowire didn't didn't get uh, you know a flurry of emails you know to the effect of, hey, how, how come you guys didn't know that Roethlisberger was going to play? How, how come you didn't know that uh, Landry Jones was going to get injured early in the game? But you know the uh, the Steelers were trying to play it safe with Ross, Roethlisberger, you know, knowing that he could theoretically play, but they thought that they could uh, win that game with Landry Jones. Didn't work out for for Landry and Roethlisberger. Played well, and now he has time to, uh, you know, further time for that foot to heal. And uh, it's been a tough year for him injury-wise. So, you know, <laughs> maybe we haven't seen the last of Landry Jones, but we're not going to see him after the bye. It's been a tough year just for the Steelers all around with all the injuries that they've had. The Browns, the other team in the division that are on a bye, they haven't had to deal with so much injuries except for one particular position, the quarterback. Johnny Manziel got the start against Pittsburgh over McCown because Josh McCown was out with a rib injury. He actually threw the ball pretty well, 372 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. It was announced today that he would be the starter for the rest of the season, according to head coach Mike Pettin. Where would you rank Manziel moving forward uh, with QBs? Well, I mean, uh, due to his uh, ability to run, there is a a degree of fantasy upside there. But, uh, you know, he he did have a pretty good game. That's what led Pettin to uh, make the change, which is supposedly permanent as long as Manziel can stay healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that team's just uh, been a frustrating team. You know, if you're a fan of the Browns, you know, pretty much any player that you might own on that team has, has been tough to own. Um, uh, they do have a couple of wideouts that are hurt this this week, uh, Andrew Hawkins and uh, Taylor Gabriel, dealing with concussions. But, yeah, I mean, um, Manziel, kind of a uh, – bye week plug-in type guy but the buys are over I mean once the Browns come back you know he's he's going to be the kind of guy that you consider as a you know number two quarterback you know maybe your starter gets injured but he's he's going to be hit or miss I think with so many quarterbacks already injured I think Manziel actually could make a case to be maybe top 10 quarterback not moving forward but on certain given weeks I just think of the Andrew Lux, Roethlisberger, we're going to go through at least two more down later on just of all the QBs, and that's not counting previous weeks. Manziel could have an opportunity to vault himself into fantasy relevance well, a little bit. you know, it depends on how big your league is, obviously, because once the buys are over, you're going to have 32 quarterbacks starting every week, and if it's a 12-team league, then, you know, he's going to be on the bubble. But if you're looking at a 16-team league and there's a bunch of injuries, sure. Uh, moving to the Ravens, another team in AFC North. They play St. Louis. That's going to be a home game for Baltimore, another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. No real injuries to note there. Same goes for the Bengals. They travel to Arizona for a Sunday night matchup. That'll be another great one. No real injuries to note for the AFC North teams. Going over to the AFC South, though, we start with two teams that are going to be playing in the Thursday night terrific game, terrific <laughs> Thursday night matchup of the, the Jacksonville AFC Jaguars and Titans. South Bowl. Yeah, well, it's more like the AFC Toilet Bowl. But, I mean, that actually could determine some real uh, division standings at this point. Well, yeah, the uh, the Jaguars aren't out of it. Uh, so, you know, 
due to the fact that uh, at the top there's not much happening. So it's it's going to be a division that probably goes down to the wire. Not that you're going to get a wild card team out of that division, but uh, yeah, we could be looking at uh, I don't know, like a nine and seven type team at the end of the year making it, or even eight and eight. I think that you could even be looking at a seven and nine team maybe making the playoffs, depending on how long Andrew Luck might be out. Yeah, I mean, I, I do feel that the that the Colts have enough talent to at least make it, you know, crawl crawl to the crawl. finish line <laughs> in the uh, eight and eight, nine and seven range. It depends, you know, if Hasselbeck um, gets hot at all. I mean, he's a you know going to be a manager type, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Luck obviously had some injuries that were uh, affecting him. Um, you know, when he comes back, obviously, uh, hopefully he'll, uh, be able to reach the heights that we expected him to when we, uh, put him on the Rotowire, the Rotowire two, cover. 2015, uh, magazine. But, uh, right now that's looking kind of like the, 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 the Rotowire cover jinx has struck again. Just looking at our wall, there's a few of those players that I see that were definitely hampered by, it seems like the Rotowire fantasy football yeah, cover. Yeah, we pretty much curse. jinxed, uh, Vince Young that one year and, uh. <laughs> I don't know, there, there's others, but, uh, you know, we try to, like, think outside the box sometimes, and Luck was kind of, seemed like a safe play this year for the cover. I didn't really, I, I'm one of the the uh, editors of the uh, the magazine, and uh, surprisingly, I thought that Gronk should be Oh, surprisingly, yeah, right, Patriot um, fan. You know, in my entire career at Rotowire, a New England Patriot has not graced the cover of the magazine, which I find kind of strange. I don't, I'm not saying that there's a conspiracy or anything, but uh, I think, well, yeah, there might be. There might be a conspiracy theory? Okay. Well, before we get in extensive talks about the about the, Col- the Colts, the Colts theories that we need to discuss, TJ Yeldon in particular, he's listed as questionable with a foot injury. Other running back options like Toby Garrett, he's probable with a groin injury, but Bernard Pierce, he's doubtful for the Thursday game with a calf injury. Denard Robinson has just 15 carries all season, so it remains to be seen. Will T.J. Yeldon be able to play Thursday? Well, that, that does seem like a legitimate, questionable designation. Yeldon himself thinks that he's going to be able to play, but I don't know. I think that's going to probably go down to game time. Maybe Thursday, some of the uh, either the Jaguars beat writers or some of the national guys like Schefter or uh, Ian Rappaport are going to come out with a more definitive prognosis on Yeldon but yeah definitely something to watch out for and Denard Robinson um you know just had the one carry in 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 week 10 but uh you know take a look at his 2014 game log and um you know before you discount him if uh, Yeldon ends up getting scratched he could actually be an interesting uh plug-in in week 11. Alan Hearns, Marquise Lee, Rashad Green, they're all probable receivers for the Jaguars. Hearns in particular, he's had an impressive season now. He's battled through injuries, it seems like, every week. 697 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. Those are already uh, career highs for him, and yeah, we're only halfway uh, through the season. scored touchdowns in his last seven games. So, yeah, that's a nice performance by him. And he went to a specialist to uh, get his core injury um, evaluated this past week. It was a scheduled appointment so nothing it wasn't a new injury but you know goes to your point that he's been playing through stuff all year and uh this week yeah i think it's the uh is it the ankle and thigh that he that is listed hasn't yeah. listed as probable <laughs> but uh yeah he's he's a tough player and he's and he's been producing and uh even though uh t- i read a, p- a report today that he may have to uh have some you know a procedure on on his core issue 
uh, after the season. There's just there's no talk that that it, that it's going to shut him down or anything like that. So that's that's good news for Hearn's owners and the Jags. Is he the biggest surprise or one of the biggest surprises this season? I mean, he's he's up there. I remember early on in the season, uh, Peter Shanky, president of Rotowire, was asking me for a random uh, wideout to start in one of his deep leagues early on. I said, "Oh, Alan Hearn's out there," and um, yeah, he just seemed like a guy that that might you know be a decent number three type. But he's actually turned into one of the more reliable wideouts out there. So yeah, he's exceeded expectations, but you know, it wasn't totally out of nowhere. I mean, out of nowhere is where he came. Last year in week one, when he had a big week, you know, game to start That's the true, season, yes. uh, he had a couple of big games last year. Um, so he wasn't, you know, off everybody's radar. But uh, there was a lot of people thinking, yeah, you know, there was injuries that played into that, and you know, they have uh, Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee. He's kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, fade into the number three ro- role, and they drafted Rashad Green, so. He's just the kind of guy that, uh, you know, keeps on producing while other guys get hurt or underproduce or whatever. He, he, he's there, toughing it out. Brian Walters is questionable with a concussion. He's the other receiver for the Jaguars. No real fantasy relevance at that point. I mean, he's in deep leagues. He's he's caught a few passes here and there. but uh, That's real deep leagues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Marquise Lee did return last week. Didn't really do anything. Um, you know, anything you get out of him is going to be a bonus his next injury probably you know i hate to say it but that guy always finds a way to get back on the injury report it seems just incredible honestly how many times he winds up there and i've had to do the practice reports i know how much he gets hurt yeah exactly uh the other half of that thursday night game the titans they had kendall wright ruled out for a third consecutive game due to a knee injury and then justin hunter was placed on ir monday after fracturing his ankle Doriel Green Beckham and Harry Douglas still remain. Which one of those would you rather own at this point? Well, you know, like upside wise, as we I think talked about last week, uh, Green Beckham looks like the guy, but he didn't really do much in Week Ten. And uh, Harry Douglas is kind of like the the safe play at the moment, um, especially with Justin Hunter now out, and as you mentioned, Wright, um, you know, out for at least this week. Uh, Harry Douglas is a guy that's probably out there. You know, I don't think Green Beckham is on too many waiver wires because a lot of people got excited about his production a couple of weeks ago. So if you're digging deep this week, Harry Douglas in in the long term, though, Green Beckham. And then, I mean, looking forward, um, I think that maybe this short week might provide Kendall Wright with uh, enough time to get back maybe for, for week 12 there. I'll go out on a limb and say one of those two receivers, I don't know which one, but one of those two will be a top 20 receiver this week. I really think that uh, there seems to be some chemistry building with Marcus Mariota, and the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars can be had through the air a little bit. I, I think one of those two is going to have a, a surprisingly decent game. Yeah, I mean, um, the Carolina Panthers uh, <laughs> gave the Titans a pretty tough uh, tough game there in Week 10, but uh, that's kind of be to be expected you know, from a 9-0 and team there, so... Definitely a chance for the Titans to bounce back in, in various aspects of uh, fantasy. I mean, Antonio Andrews, 11 carries for eight yards last week. <laughs> uh, that, That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he'd been producing for fantasy owners, you know, for a couple weeks before that. So, I mean, either he turns it right around or maybe maybe is this the week that David Cobb is unveiled? I, I mean, hope I, not. I wouldn't, uh, you know, that's that's a big dart to throw in fantasy, but... Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he uh, if he ends up, uh, you know, go, going out on a limb here. Uh, you know, if he ends up 
leading the team in carries. In my dynasty league, I ended up having to cut uh, Cobb to make room for Jeremy Langford, and I wanted to get Langford before the Rams game because I was afraid that he would be scooped up right away if he went off against the Rams, and I think that was a good decision. But yeah. I'll be mad at myself if David <laughs> Cobb goes off too against well, I mean, the he, Jaguars. He wasn't even active last week, so that's really you can't you can't predict a guy that's <laughs> gone from the injured list to you know inactive because he's not quite ready, but the opportunity looks like it's there still I mean it looked like Antonio Andrews was kind of seizing the job and had a firm grasp on it now whether or not it was just uh you know stifling defense from the Panthers or you know he's you know got some line line issues or something um it does seem like Cobb might have an opportunity for the stretch run a trio of big injuries uh, is going to affect the Texans versus Jets game. Remember, the Texans will be playing the Jets <clears throat> at home for another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. First on the docket, DeAndre Hopkins was a surprising list on the injury report. He did not practice Wednesday with a knee injury. Yeah, I mean, that's that could be just a precautionary measure or a maintenance thing. He was on the field in uniform. Um, no, like, reported setbacks. He played the whole game. I think he caught the game-winning he did, yes. Touchdown there. Mm-hmm. So unless he got hurt on that play, um, there at the at the moment the expectation is that he's going to play. Obviously, a guy like that you need to monitor because he's, you know, he's such a target sponge in that offense. And if anything were to happen to him, um, you know, Nate Washington, Cecil Cecil Shorts would be uh, in the conversation. Don't think it's a a, ma- a major issue, but yeah, definitely keep an eye on it. Brian Hoyer, he left Monday's game against the Bengals with a concussion. TJ Yates ended up rallying him back and scoring that game-winning touchdown that you mentioned, uh, throwing to Hopkins. He didn't practice Wednesday. What's his status moving forward? It's not really looking good for him. Um, I mean, they, they're they so desperate that they picked up uh, Brandon Whedon on waivers That's, that's the definition of desperate. Yeah. That's in the dictionary right there. And Ian Rappaport of NFL Network says that Hoyer is not likely to play, and not that everything that Rappaport says comes true. <laughs> But him and Adam Schefter are, are pretty strong sources, and you know generally what they say ends up happening. Another guy that we tend to trust is a, a guy like Jay Glazer and his scoops. But uh, yeah, it's probably going to be T.J. Yates as the starter this week, backed up by Brandon Whedon. Boy, that's something else. Uh, Chris Polk, he also did not practice Wednesday with a hamstring injury. He's kind of backing up Alfred Blue right now. What's his status? Well, you know, kind of the third wheel in a <laughs> three-headed uh, backfield committee that it was supposed to be Alfred Blue taking over from Arian Foster based on a, a nice game that he had back in week three and previous track record of doing okay in that. Uh, of late, uh, the Texans have just not been able to get much going on the ground. So, you know, Polk is number three on the depth chart officially, and based on carries. So you'd have to be really, really, really <laughs> digging deep for this injury to affect you this week. Um, down the road, I mean, it is possible that they shuffle the deck. If one of those backs finally gets, you know, gets the hot hand, then you might find something there. You know, maybe Jonathan Grimes turns into that guy. Alfred Blue has not really seized the opportunity. So, you know, they're still kind of splitting carries when they're healthy. Last team in the AFC South, the Colts, they're coming off their bye week. We already know Andrew Luck has been ruled out for this game. They're going to face the Falcons with Matt Hasselbeck at the helm. Uh, That's another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Where does old Matty Ice rank this week at QB? Well, you know, 
uh, he's I hate to go to the buys, but if you're you know looking for a bye week plug in, you know somebody is injured, yes, but uh, you know I'd, I'd like to take a wait and see approach on that one. Um, they do have some talent at wideout, so um, anything's possible there. But uh, they'll probably try to go for a balanced attack. You know, Frank get Frank Gore going, uh, but you know T Y Hilton presumably a little bit healthier. Uh, you know, after some time off there, Andre Johnson been feast or famine. He had one feast and one famine with, uh, <laughs> you know, Hasselbeck under center there. So, yeah, you know, they they might reconnect. A couple of decent tight ends. Uh, Philip Dorsett's still not available. You got Moncrief. You got Griff Whalen kind of coming out of nowhere doing doing stuff. So, yeah, let's 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 just uh, see. Um, what happens with Hasselbeck this week? Um, again, wait, I, I I would go with a wait and see thing. But if you're um, if you're looking at uh, you know your uh, your DraftKings and you, you're liking the price, well, you know you could you could build you could build a lineup uh, you know around an inexpensive quarterback, which Hasselbeck might be. If if he goes off for 300 yards and two touchdowns, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to tell you I told you so. I think that Matt Hasselback is is a good option. I, I like Manziel more if I'm going to have to choose from really awful backup quarterbacks. Well, but. I mean, I, li- I like Hasselback's um, you know weapons a little bit better, uh, but um, yeah, I mean Manziel he he does have the uh, the swagger and the you know the charisma and you know when he when he runs with the ball. You know, it, it gives them added value in fantasy for sure. Finally, the AFC West. Uh, just a few injuries to note for some of these teams. The Chiefs, uh, they face San Diego at San Diego in a one of those second slate games in the afternoon. No real injuries to note there, but the Chargers, they do have some major injuries. Yeah, Malcolm that's Floyd been a, been a recurring theme for them, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Malcolm Floyd, he tore his shoulder labrum. He's going to try and power through the injury, considering it's his last season. But he didn't practice Wednesday. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. Yeah, I mean, right now, the the dialogue is Coach Mike McCoy thinks that he can return at some point this season. While while the Chargers haven't officially ruled him out this week, it's looking pretty iffy at best for uh, for a week eleven um, showing there for Floyd. So uh, you know, could turn into the Stevie Johnson Dontrell Inman show. I mean, Johnson, um, you know, last time they played uh, was absorbing some of the uh, the Keenan Allen targets. So. You know, I don't know if he's out there in, in too many leagues, but uh, just, uh, you know, through attrition, he, he is the the number one wideout um, option there. And, uh, you know, even though they're beset by injuries, Phillip Rivers does find a way to, you know, rack up the passing yards uh, regardless of who is uh, – his uh, passing options are. I'll tell you who the number one receiver is. It's Danny Woodhead. I, I think that Danny <laughs> Woodhead, I told you last week too, he's going to keep getting those looks. And so Philip Rivers has to throw the ball to someone. We, we can't depend on Melvin Gordon. He has to throw it to someone. Yeah, I mean, Danny Woodhead is a, a logical option to see added targets. As long as Melvin Gordon isn't really, you know, getting the uh, the job done, you know, as an early down guy, um, you know, Woodhead's going to get his, his looks. But I don't know. I think uh, if you're going to game plan against the Chargers, suddenly uh, you're thinking about, hey, how do we bottle up uh, Danny Woodhead? And uh, you know, he might he might uh, end up you know seeing more attention from defenses, um, you know, given given all the uh, injuries around him. 
Exactly. Two other tight ends, uh, Ladarius Green, he was limited, or he didn't practice at all Wednesday with an ankle injury, and Antonio Gates was limited with a knee injury. Which one of those guys ends up playing and are either effective? Well, I mean, I think that Ladarius Green is still very questionable, you know, coming off coming off their bye, unable to practice. Um, so I'd consider him iffy this week. I think Antonio Gates is just, he's going to be forever, you know, limited <laughs> in, in practice to start the week. But, I mean, he's he's... He's playing through a knee injury, uh, still knows how to get open, still catches the ball, you know, finds himself in the end zone. Not really a speed demon at this uh, stage <laughs> of his career, not that he ever was. But That's being yeah, generous, I think. The, you know, he, I think he was, I, I was reading something the other day about, you know, he used to be a basketball player um, yes. in college, quite a good one, I believe. Yes. And, uh, and he's tall. Uh, and he says that right now he doesn't think that he could dunk anymore, just because <laughs> you know, the knee, the knee is the knee. That's that's fascinating. I mean, he was a, a pretty good basketball star, right? Uh, at, but at six five, he wasn't he wasn't like a power. Well, he I think he did play power four, but he wasn't that big, huge threat like I'm thinking Anthony Davis or something like that. It wasn't quite to that extent. But, but it was quite an admission for him, you know, to say ah, I don't think I can dunk anymore. <laughs> you know, old age happens to the best of us, Mike. Well, I mean, he's just. Um, He's definitely had uh, some pounding on those knees, and he's he's able to gut it out in the uh, context of the NFL, but uh, his leaping ability might be lacking right now. <laughs> the Raiders, they travel to Detroit for another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. No real injury news to note there. However, the Broncos, who travel to another NFC North team, the Bears, have had plenty of injury news to note. First off, Peyton Manning, uh, he didn't practice Wednesday, and that might be a good reason. He injured his foot during last week's game. Brock Osweiler had to replace him. Osweiler threw for 146 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He's going to start this week. How long is Manning going to be out, though? Well, that's that, we don't we don't really know that. It's just been kind of an accumulation of injuries for Manning that's sapped his effectiveness. The foot, the ribs, the the, the shoulder, the whatever he's not even talking about. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for Peyton Manning as a player, and I, I wouldn't I – mean, he's a, he's a smart player that can, you know, play well even when he's banged up. But I think it, it just kind of hit a bit of a tipping point there. He, he just – there's too many, too many things wrong with his body that were affecting his mechanics. And um, it was kind of an embarrassing <laughs> arm strength situation. Right. Um, so, you know, I guess the Broncos are just hoping that some time off, some rest will be enough to get Manning back to a serviceable state. Um, I mean, he is, they, I mean, they've already declared him out this week saying that, that, that he's not even going to be in uniform. They're not going to do the, uh, the Ben Roethlisberger temptation <laughs> dance there this week with Peyton Manning. Um, honestly, I just think, uh, they, they were able to build themselves a little bit of a cushion there. I mean, they've lost a couple games now, but they're still 7-2. and two. Um, I think their ultimate goal is to get Manning, again, to a serviceable state by the time the stretch run rolls around. So if I had to guess, probably he misses a couple of starts, but if, if Osweiler takes off, then maybe they don't have to rush Manning back. So we'll see. I mean, I think it's kind of literally on Osweiler's shoulder as to whether or not there's urgency to get Manning back. Are you excited for the Oswald reign? Are you are you ready to go? How into you are you I mean, for Brock like, Osweiler? It's always interesting to see a new quarterback, a strong-armed quarterback come come onto the scene. 
But, you know, you could have said the same thing about Ryan, Ryan Mallett or even at one point Brandon Whedon. So jury is still out. But, you know, Osweiler does have some skills. He's got some raw talent. And given, you know, the the throws that uh, the Broncos receivers have been getting from Peyton Manning this year, um, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, like he can tell Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders if he's healthy to go long and they can and will and he might actually hit them deep so that'll 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 add another dimension to the uh the Broncos offense that they really haven't had you know in 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 the uh deck of cards this year well you just brought up Emmanuel Sanders he didn't practice Wednesday with ankle fin ankle and finger injuries not listed in that was he apparently suffered a head injury as well during that Chiefs game he seems real banged up what's his status well I mean in that game as you mentioned I think he was evaluated for a concussion he was cleared but, uh, I mean, going into the game, he had not practiced the whole week with an ankle issue. Uh, various reports on Sunday morning were that, yeah, he's not likely to play. He ended up suiting up, um, did did get, you know, shook up in that game, be it, you know, the, the hit that he took that resulted in him being evaluated for a concussion, the finger issue that he has right now that's listed on the report. Didn't end up catching a pass, so, you know, I was kind of prepared for the, I thought you guys said he wasn't playing and he ended up, you know, going off, you know, on my bench. But um, I guess uh, anyone who benched Sanders last week uh, has to be relieved because he he literally didn't do anything in that game. But uh, I think there's a decent chance that he uh, returns to practice, you know, as soon as tomorrow and he he should be able to tough it out. Um, You know, when he is healthy enough, he's got the wheels. So he could be the guy that... uh, Osweiler says go along to and uh you know we could see a couple big you know Emmanuel Sanders gains this week um I mean even with with all of Manning's troubles this year um before Sanders got banged up he was you know putting up numbers getting lots of targets so uh yeah I think that him and Thomas uh, should be okay in the Broncos offense and you know Vernon Davis I guess this will be his third week this might be the week that he actually uh, gets going in that offense um you know, we always like to say that uh, the young quarterbacks need the safety blanket, so maybe maybe that's Vernon Davis's role this week. Well, it could be Owen Daniels, but he didn't practice Wednesday due to knee and shoulder injuries. Yeah, I think that's kind of routine for him at this stage. I mean, it was back when he was with the Texans, he was kind of a you know habitual getting getting a day off on Wednesday kind of guy. He's been around for a while. Uh, I mean, he's. I, I think that the uh, the Broncos got Vernon Davis for a reason, and you know, not that they don't like Owen Daniels, but you know, Vernon Davis is just a superior athlete and uh, can add a nice wrinkle to that offense. Before we move to the NFC, we first have to do our DraftKings promo. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 11, DraftKings will host yet another million maker event with 1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com and enter promo code ROTOWARE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWARE for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Yep. That's, I'm going to say it again. Welcome to the big time, Joe. I feel very second comfortable week, in the big second time. Second week in the big time. Yep. Yeah, I, I can tell. Like uh, I think you did a great job last week, but... Uh, there's a little bit more zip on your passes this week. You're throwing with more confidence. There's no more Peyton Manning happening right now? 
Well, yeah, I mean, no more happy feet behind the <laughs> microphone or anything like that. Well, I'm hoping to be a little more like Brock Osweiler, just stand in the pocket, chucking the ball 75 yards. That's what I'm looking at. But I know I don't want to be like Sam Bradford. Uh, the Eagles will go to Tampa Bay. No, I'm sorry, the Eagles will stay home. They face Tampa Bay, another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Yet another quarterback, this one, yep. really not surprising given his injury history. He exited last week's game due to concussion and shoulder injury. That's a potentially separated shoulder from reports that have indicated today. Well, I mean, I guess the good news is he didn't tear his ACL. But, uh, <laughs> I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it is a um, – I believe it's his, uh, it's a AC sprain slash separation of his non-throwing shoulder. And at this stage, I believe the concussion is the greater issue. As of Wednesday, he was not cleared from the uh, NFL's concussion protocol. And, you know, if I had to put money on it right now, I would say that Mark, Mark Sanchez is your Week 11 starter at quarterback for the Eagles. Dun, 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 dun. Yet another one that we have to talk about <laughs> as far as bench quarterbacks being starter. Where does he rank this well, week? <laughs> you know, it's I a think we're week. a little desensitized to the whole Chip Kelly offense thing, but, you know, he has had success in that offense. Um, there are some good weapons in that offense. So there, there is potential for success there for Sanchez. And, and um, you know, if he gets the start, um, it's, I think it's worth a dart, you know. Um, I think he's had a, a history of looking good for a while before, you know, inevitably sort of devolving into the guy that ends up being Sam Brett. Bradford's backup for the Eagles, but uh, yeah, you know, once upon a time, first round pick, had some good seasons with the Jets, um, and yeah, I mean, the Chick, Chip Kelly, fast-paced offense, I think you can handle that, and uh, solid weapons, Aguilar's made an appearance in week 10, so Finally. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe not enough to help a ton of fantasy lineups, but uh, yeah, there's a guy that uh, could actually uh, make some noise down the stretch. Ryan Matthews has another guy that's been making a lot of noise, but he didn't practice Wednesday due to concussion as well as a groin injury. If he misses time, is that going to open more uh, carries in the backfield for DeMarco Murray or Darren Sproles? I mean, I think that uh, DeMarco Murray is going to absorb the the carries. Darren Sproles, you know, he's pretty much limited to just, you know, catching passes out of the backfield in that offense. I still think that he's underutilized. Uh, but, you know, I don't see him in practice every day. I don't know if he's lost anything or anything like that. But uh, it, it does seem that, you know, on paper he's a really nice fit for that offense and he could he could uh, get, him, get him into some space and he can make some plays there. I, without getting into too much uh, talk about the Patriots, see, I think Sproles could have been a great fit for New England, especially with Deion Lewis down. I, I don't know. Been dynamic, well, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think when Sproles was available, there, there was talk that that might happen, but uh, Price wasn't right. I mean, Deion Lewis, it's, it's a tough story for him. I mean, he, he was a guy that the Patriots apparently liked, um, you know, coming out of college and stuff, um, had injuries uh, at, at a couple of stops before the Patriots, finally seemed to be putting it together. But it's just, a you know, kind of a slight-framed guy. Uh, who wasn't afraid to take hits, who took, you know, actually he didn't take a hit for this latest injury. But, um, yeah, he's just had a run of tough luck in that in that department. Moving to another team in the NFC, so the Redskins, they travel to Carolina, those 9-0 de- 
undefeated Carolina Panthers. It's another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. No noteworthy injuries really to talk about. So that gives me a great chance to brag about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Last week I yep. came on here, said Kirk Cousins, great DFS option. What did he do? Throw for 324 yards and four touchdowns. And the Saints defensive yep. coordinator, Rob Ryan, promptly fired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I do recall you touting Kirk Cousins last week. I mean, I didn't necessarily buy into it. I did like the matchup, and it, it definitely paid dividends. Anybody who rolled with him, um, yeah, kind of a surprising um, output considering that guys like Pierre Garçon and uh, Deshaun Jackson didn't do much in that game. Found Jordan Reed a couple times in the end zone. Uh, Matt Jones, the running back, got into the act uh, as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So, you know, we'll have to see if it's sustainable, but um, you, you kind of look at that Saints uh, defense as like, uh, who, who, who's playing the Saints this week? <laughs> and, and you start that quarterback maybe. I don't know. Well, I think at this point they almost have to regress towards the mean. There isn't any way that a defense can continually give up six touchdowns, four touchdowns, four touchdowns, and 300-plus yards. I, I just think that with Rob Ryan gone, they have to have to regress a little bit. Well, you know, sometimes they shake up the coordinators and it, uh, you know, you're sort of jiggling the handle on the defense and maybe maybe they do tighten up a little bit. But yeah, Kirk Cousins took advantage of a, a quality matchup and that and that's just that's just a, you know, reminder, not that anyone who's listening to this podcast wouldn't do so already, but like, you know, you don't want to overreact to the matchups, but when you see one that looks sweet, then uh, definitely use that as your tiebreaker and maybe tilt it even you know, more than just a slight tiebreaker. I'm just happy that was the first call I made. That, um, that's my name on it. I made Kirk Cousins. I feel good about that right. one. Well, what's your bold prediction for this week? Well, I think that the bold prediction was that one of those two Titans is going to be a top 20 receiver this week, either Green Beckham or Harry Douglas. Well, yeah. I mean, um, I, for the reasons that, that that I mentioned earlier, I, I see that happening. I mean, their, their matchup is better. Mariota has definitely shown some promise. And, um, you know, they, they had a little bit of trouble with the run game last week. So, you know, yeah, I, I think maybe they'll take a couple of shots Green Beckham's way. It's just going to be tough to start him this week. If you Anyone who looks at his Week 10 box score <laughs> is not going to feel real good about uh, that, that call, but it, it could pay off. It, his box score certainly wasn't pretty, but, you know, he's going to potentially have a pretty nice week this week tony romo the cowboys travel to miami for another 1 p.m eastern time kickoff and the starting quarterback for the cowboys well he might practice to thursday and he could very well play sunday what are the odds that he gets a chance well, I, mean, to perform? I think that basically that's the plan um you know he, he had the they've already got him into his like rest wednesday return to practice um routine uh for this week but i mean the, the expectation is is that unless there's any sort of setback and um that you know it's it i think they gave him enough time there's been talk that maybe he he feels like he could have already played a couple of weeks ago um i think that he's going to give it a go this week uh that you know he still officially hasn't been activated yet but uh i think they have till saturday to do that and i fully expect that to be the case he should or maybe will have a chance to throw Des Bryant. Bryant didn't practice Wednesday due to foot and knee injuries, but he played all of last week against Tampa, recording five catches for 45 yards. Yeah, he hurt himself more, I think, in the locker room with uh, with, <laughs> with his rants than he did uh, on the field. He should be fine. Uh, he's he's one of the wideouts out there. Like you know, I mentioned Brandon Marshall, just a guy that's been dealing with some aches and pains. Obviously, he had he was out for a while. 
And since he's come back, you know, there's 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 a couple of things in play there, but he'll be out there. Bryce Butler's the final guy, uh, as far as note, that didn't practice Wednesday with the hamstring injury, but he's not on too many fantasy radars at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe those 22 team leagues or something like that. <laughs> yeah, those crazy leagues. The Giants, the final team in the NFC East, they're on by. Victor Cruz was placed on season-ending injury reserve. Uh, he's going to have surgery on his injured calf. The Giants then signed Akeem Nix in his place. Any chance that Hakeem Nix regains his 2011 form? I mean, uh, maybe if there's like a fountain of youth at that <laughs> uh, Giants stadium that he can that he can drink from. But, uh, I mean, he does have familiarity with that offense, that quarterback. Anything's possible. But, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., he's, he's, the, he's the guy. They, they have Reuben Randall. Uh, he's a serviceable wideout option. Dwayne Harris has actually put up some decent numbers of late. So I, I think he's just there as kind of a, a comfortable shoe of a insurance policy there in that offense. Um, I wouldn't expect great things out of him. I mean, he he uh, had a good situation last year and, and didn't really make anything out of it. So um, yeah, I wouldn't get I wouldn't overreact to that one and 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 you know expect him to uh, return to his uh, form that he enjoyed with the Giants. Although um i don't have his uh id in front of me here but uh, he's not that old what is he like 28 or something like oh, that? i bet you he could be closer he might be 30 he might be 30 well anyway he's he seems like he's been around forever but he's not he's not the the gray beard that uh you might think there's a lot of big energy uh there's a lot of big injuries in the nfc north but the biggest one definitely seems to be focused on this packers minnesota game Huge matchup for my boys. Uh, they travel to Minnesota. That's going to be another second slate kind of game late afternoon. Aaron Rodgers, limited at practice with a shoulder injury. He came down awkwardly during uh, multiple hits uh, in the I'm sorry in the Detroit game. He should be good to go, right? Um, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say relax, <laughs> but relax. I mean, he'll be out there. I mean. Uh, the, the, the Packers are kind of in a bit of a funk right now, and um, I mean, if if they're going to get back on track, it's it's going to be through Aaron Rodgers, and and I think he knows that, and I think he's he's going to do what he needs to do to to help get the team back on track. I mean, he did throw for three hundred thirty three yards last week. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's time to uh, you know some of his uh, wideout options are a little bit banged up, but. Um, you know, I think they're going to make it work there with Cobb, Devontae Adams, 21 targets. How do you only catch 10 passes? Like, what? Like I didn't, I didn't get to see the whole game there. A lot what's, of them were the either there? spiked in the ground or thrown over his head. But Devontae made a few critical drops. I was really expecting a big game out of him, and I suppose the 10 catches would be a big game for PPR, but he didn't find his way into the end zone like yeah, I thought he would. 21 catches, and, you, you know, like, they were, they were obviously – you know, feeding him the ball. Um, yeah, I just I was just curious to know how much of that was on him and how much of that was Rodgers maybe being a little off. Well, and a lot of the yardage was racked up at the very end. And for some reason, James Starks likes to get those screen plays and go 20 yards in the fourth quarter. A lot of that yardage that Aaron Rodgers put up was due to that crazy finish that they just weren't able to win. I don't know if you caught the kick at the end with Mason Crosby. I'm watching that at home, and I mm. I don't know what happened. Like it didn't get blocked. He didn't look like he slipped. I the the Packers didn't deserve to win. So I that's why I kept telling myself they didn't deserve to win. But 
What happened? I don't know. Maybe there was like a funnel cloud at the stadium, <laughs> an invisible funnel cloud that, that slowed that thing down or something like that. Yeah, that, that was bizarre. Like, because I just assumed that it was either shanked or, or blocked or something. But he just, I don't know. It was just a bizarre looking kick. And he's usually, you know, he's one of the more reliable kickers out there in the NFL, has managed to keep that job for a while. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll make some clutch kicks down the road. He's, He's definitely kicked in some bad weather and done okay. So, let, you know, you don't have to worry too much about that. The one thing I wanted to pick your brain about a little bit as a Packers guy is the, the tight end Prillo. What, what's, what's the deal with him? He has gross hair. He has really gross <laughs> hair. Like, I, I, he's brought in uh, on situations where they're going to run the ball or it looks like it. He's more of a blocker. And then somehow he leaks out and gets passes. I honestly think that defenses look at him. They're like, well, he's not going to do anything offensively. He's, and then he gets open, and he makes those catches. Richard Rodgers is the tight end that you want to focus on if you really want one of those two. But uh, Perillo can do some damage. And I, he just looks gross. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to really – I don't even – I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at his numbers, and that's all I care about, Okay, really. fine. <laughs> and uh, he had uh, five catches, uh, 58 yards, and a TD uh, on six targets. And, you know, that to me kind of came out of nowhere. Rodgers had five uh, catches himself, 32 yards. I think he had a TD as well. But but still, you know, tight end is a position where you're just looking looking for uh, looking for stuff under the rocks. That's and, not uh, something that's going to continue in my mind. I don't think that Perillo is going to be too much of a fantasy factor. I think it was just a situational thing this week. All right, good. You, you've talked people out of uh, you know spending good money in draft <laughs> on DraftKings uh, lineups or you know free agent bidding budgets or even waiver wire pickups on Perillo so you know we'll see and then a bit of a tough break for Aberderis a guy guy that uh, was finally showing something and then now it looks like he's out for a few weeks so that's 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 a tough one the Packers really liked him when they drafted him and then he missed all of last season with uh, various sort of injuries finally was able to come back this week really made some great plays and honestly he kept them in the game with some catches that he made but as is the case with some other receivers that we've discussed in the NFL so far, he just has a lot of injury concerns, and it's tough to invest very much in him fantasy-wise with how often he gets hurt. And uh, last but not least, uh, what, what what's the story with uh, James Jones's uh, donut? Well, I don't know what that story is. Well, I mean, uh, he didn't do anything. Oh, that donut. I was thinking, uh, never mind. I won't even talk about it. You were thinking like restaurant. Yeah, well, I version. thought he ate a donut somewhere. I'm like, oh, man, I'm hungry. I could use a donut right now. Uh <laughs> He's been doing that a lot lately, and it seems like Rodgers' mobility really seems to affect James' performance. I think James Jones was the security blanket that Rodgers would look for when he would roll out of the pocket. And for whatever the reason, whether it's shoulder or ankle injuries with Rodgers, he hasn't been able to move effectively and throw the ball, and that's really hurt James' performance in my mind. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a guy that helped out a lot of fantasy teams early on, but now he's kind of looking like a risky play these days. The other half of the Green Bay game, the Vikings, they had one notable injury to report. Adrian Peterson was limited in practice Wednesday. Oh, that guy. Yeah, just that guy. Hamstring injury. That doesn't seem to be too serious, right? Well, I mean, he was limited. Um, the guy ran for 203 yards last week. Um, you know, definitely something to keep an eye out. Matt Asiata, one of his backups, is also was limited on Wednesday. But, uh, I, you know, my sense is that Peterson will, will be fine this week, and Right now, that offense pretty much runs through him. Uh, not a whole, whole lot going on in the passing game, you know, in terms of, I mean, S- Stephen Diggs had the uh, nice run there um, earlier this season, but uh, 
he's turned into kind of uh, not the most reliable option these days. And and Mike Wallace, I mean, I held on to him in a couple leagues there, <laughs> opening. And then finally, when I had to make some um, moves um, to, you know, compensate for some uh, s- some buys, I finally just had to part ways. And so I don't know. We'll uh, we'll we'll see if he, he if he can pick it up towards the end there. But uh, I mean, somehow the Adrian Peterson led Minnesota Vikings have overtaken the Packers. I think Diggs is actually going to have a, a decent performance against the Packers, but I think the Packers will win and reclaim the NFC North. Yeah, I mean, crown for now. That's that's a good call. You know, you, you look at that matchup and you think that it might be it might be set up for him to to come back this week. Especially considering Bridgewater was a full participant in practice Wednesday, coming off the concussion, he should be good to go. And I think yeah. that that helps the chemistry. Going to the Lions, they will be a, they have a home game against Oakland, another one p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Kelvin Johnson didn't practice Wednesday due to a <clears> lingering <throat> ankle injury. He had a quiet eighty yards against the Packers last week and that was his fourth consecutive week where he tallied more than 80 yards he should be good to go this week yeah, right I mean I, he's a guy that uh, misses practice Wednesday all the time um, I don't think that this is anything to be concerned about but yeah anytime a guy misses practice on Wednesday you, you'll you want to just follow it up Thursday and Friday but I, I don't think Megatron is going to miss this game Joyke Bell was limited in practice due to a shoulder injury if Johnson had a great game last week Bell had an ugly game 14 carries for 17 yards against the Packers. Does this mean Amir Abdullah might get more opportunities? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, any time that you barely run for, a, you know, a, a yard per carry average, uh, it, it might be time to look at the uh, the youngster. I mean, he's – Abdullah's – there's always the fumble concerns with him, but he has he has done some things in special teams that, that would lead you to believe that he could uh, – actually, if you get him the ball in space here and there, he could make some plays and, you know – Bell after this last week against the uh, the Packers, yeah, it might be time to like you know look for a spark in 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 the form of Abdullah. It's, it's not something I'm counting on, but I, I I could see it happening totally. I think the Lions invested high enough in him that they have every reason to start playing him more. Moving well, that's kind of what I've been thinking yeah. all along. But yeah, Bell finally gave them a you know legitimate excuse to to maybe uh, you know look look in the other direction this week, as that's, you pointed out. That's true. Uh, Chicago, they have a home game against Denver. We discussed Denver and Brock Osweiler, but there's two injuries for Chicago to note. Elshon Jeffrey was limited at practice Wednesday due to groin and shoulder injuries. He came into last week's game against the Rams with just a groin injury, and he left with a shoulder injury. So is there any concern moving forward? Um, I mean, there's concern, but I, I think that at this stage he is going to tough it out, um, definitely track that. I mean, Eddie Royal is also hurt, um, you know, so – I think that uh, you know Jeffrey's going to try to tough it out. Uh, Matt, have you mentioned Matt Forte yet? Well, we'll get to Matt Forte yeah. for sure. But yeah, I, I, I would say sixty forty at, at least that Jeffrey should be fine. And um, you know, uh, didn't have a great game in Week Ten. Um, Jay Cutler did, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think he'll probably play this week. Forte was limited in practice Wednesday. Due to a sprained MCL that he's and he missed the last two weeks. Well, Jeremy Langford in his absence has been incredible. 145 rushing yards, two touchdowns, uh, and then another 179 receiving yards on 10 receptions for a touchdown. The, a lot of that receiving yards came off a ridiculous open screen against the Rams last week, but he's still been really effective. Should more should Matt Forte play this week? I mean, I think that uh, the sprained MCL injury is typically a two to four week injury. Uh, now we're like heading into week three. I think if Langford had been struggling, maybe the the Bears might feel you know more compelled 
to uh, get Forte back into the mix. Um, I, I definitely think that Forte has a chance to play this week, but if there's any doubt, they'll probably sit him another week. But, uh, yeah, that this one could probably go down to the wire. I think that even if we have a feeling that he's probably not going to play, the Bears are probably going to list him as questionable, and they might declare it some form of game-time decision there. So, um, yeah, the, the, those who uh, you know benefited from uh, Jeremy Langford's uh, strong run there might get another week out of him. Then after that, it could revert to some kind of timeshare probably, obviously tilting in Forte's favor. Moving quickly on to the NFC South, again, they don't really seem to have too much injuries in that division. The Saints are on by this week. Mark Ingram, he's got injuries going lower. What's happening there? Well, I mean, he um, he had some minor thing in uh, in Week 10 that uh, you know led to Tim Hightower uh, seeing a bunch of carries, but uh, I think this the, the bye week should provide Ingram with enough healing time that, that he should be fine come Week 12, but definitely something to keep an eye on because uh, he had limited carries in Week 10, and uh, yeah, again, Hightower kind of came out of nowhere with the double-digit double digit, uh, carries in that game. The Panthers faced the Redskins there at home. Fozzie Whitaker is the only one that was really injured, uh, limited in practice. Not a big deal. He's not too fantasy relevant at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I mean, as long as Jonathan Stewart is healthy, and, and there's a guy that's he seems like he's always hurt, but this year he's managed to relatively stay healthy, so... Uh, but I mean, if something happened to him, then we'd have to start having the conversation. Um, I think we talked. That we about had that this. last week. Yeah, yes, like, you know, Fozzie, Cameron, Artist, Payne. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's 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 going to be an injury that's going to happen in the next few weeks. That there's going to be another random fantasy superstar that 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 comes out of nowhere. And I still say that Fozzie Whitaker is <laughs> has as good a chance as anyone. Well, that's a good one that you can have on record for when it eventually does happen. I mean, if you just throw enough names out there, enough random names, one of them is going to stick. So I don't know. I'll try to sneak in a few more here and there. But, uh, I mean, Jeremy Langford is a guy that, like, no one was thinking of. You know, people were just assuming that Forte would be, you know, the guy for the whole season and, and – he obviously had one of the more direct paths to uh, a full workload when the guy in front of him got hurt. Uh, other other running backs go down, and, and it's not quite as clear who's going to take over. Sometimes it's a committee, but it, the Bears just went straight for Langford. So you got to try to like look at those situations and think about, well, if this guy gets hurt, what, what are their options? Sometimes teams only really have the one, and those are the, those are the random guys that could actually end up paying off. Uh, another team in the NFC South, the Buccaneers, they go to Philadelphia, 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Vincent Jackson didn't practice Wednesday, reoccurring knee injury. Mike Evans has recorded 276 receiving yards in the last two weeks with Jackson out. Is Jackson expected to return this week? No, nah, I don't think so. Um, you know, if things could look up, I suppose, in the next couple of days, but at, at, at this stage, not looking good for him this week. I mean, back when he got injured originally, uh, the Buccaneers didn't really confirm it, but there was initial reports that it was going to be a multi-week injury, and sure enough, that's kind of what's happened. Austin Safarin Jenkins, another multi-week injury that seems to have lingered. He's limited in practice Wednesday. He hasn't been cleared for contact. Is he going to play? Uh, you know, that's another one. I mean, it's been kind of like it seems like every week could be the week, and here we are Wednesday, not cleared yet, so looking iffy. Um, yeah, iffy at best. I do think that he has a, a, a better chance of playing than Vincent Jackson, but um, 
probably going to be end end up being listed as questionable at the end of the week and and pretty iffy for that game at this stage. The Falcons, uh, one of the teams coming off a bye week last week, they're going to be having a home game against the Colts. We discussed Andrew Luck being out. Uh, really only notable injury for the Falcons, Leonard Hankerson. He was limited at practice due to hamstring injury. He hasn't been able to practice since week seven, seven so this is good news. But is he going to be able to play? I think he's probably got a pretty good chance uh, coming off the bye. Gave him, gave him some extra time to get ready. It's just a question of, um, when, you know, once he's back into the lineup, is he going to, you know, go right back into that number two role that he kind of took away from uh, Roddy White there. Um, and even when Hankerson was out, you know, Roddy White didn't give fantasy owners too much. Yeah. So I guess there is an opportunity for him to uh, get back into that role. Uh, probably in week 11 at least there's it's going to be some sort of committee behind Julio Jones. But um, if Hankerson looks good, then I think he could reemerge on the fantasy radar, you know, week 12 and beyond maybe. Few injuries left with the NFC West. However, none of them are with the Rams. They go to Baltimore, 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Nothing really to report there. The Seahawks have a home game set with the San Francisco 49ers, one of those late afternoon games. Marshawn Lynch didn't practice Wednesday due to an ab injury. Is he going to be unavailable again this weekend? Well, I mean, uh, he came out of that game a little sore. Didn't really do much. Uh, with the, I think he only had like seven carries in Week 10. Um, but I think he'll be fine. I mean, there, Lynch is another one of those veteran guys that often gets the Wednesday day off or the Wednesday limited practice. Uh, the fact that he was able to play, I mean, he, he ended up kind of like being a surprise, you know, addition to the injury report at the end of last week, as questionable with the abdominal injury, was able to pay, play through it, and I think he should be able to continue to do so uh, this coming week here. Yeah, he had eight carries for 42 yards uh, and a touchdown against the Cardinals, so not too much production, especially for what you probably paid to draft Lynch at a certain spot. Yeah, and he's had some um, you know ups and downs this year, a couple injuries here and there, So, uh, but I mean, there's not really a you know an immediate threat. I mean, Thomas Rawls has had a couple of good games here and there, but uh, I mean that's 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 his backfield when he's healthy. Two receivers to note were injured for the Seahawks. Doug Baldwin didn't practice Wednesday with a toe injury, and Paul Richardson missed practice as well with a hamstring. He just returned to the field last week and made one catch, and then promptly injured himself. Uh, any receiver to start from Seattle at this point? I mean, if you look at last week's box score, you get get all fired up about Doug Baldwin, but it, it it's been pretty much hit or miss this year with just about anybody um, in that offense, in that passing offense there, right down to Jimmy Graham, who looked like he was going to be the perfect the perfect medicine for, for that, that, that passing offense. And uh, it's just kind of one of those things where, like, the, the Seahawks run through the run. And, uh, you know, uh, even the running quarterback uh, gets, gets into, the, uh, in, into the act there. Uh, it's just funny that uh, it's been a while since we've really had a trusted Seahawks wideout uh, in fantasy. It feels like it's been forever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like trying to think of uh, I don't know TJ Hushmanzada. Well, know, even like, then, no. Like I have to go back to like Steve Largent, but he was fantasy football around back then. Maybe I'm dating myself too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, someone needs to date you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, the, yeah. No. I. You know, it's just uh, you know under the, the the current offense, it's it's just going to be tough to uh, to get production on a reliable basis out of that position. I keep on thinking that Tyler Lockett should get more yeah. looks and maybe maybe he will uh maybe we get into go long tyler mode and uh that starts working but it's it's going to be hit or miss 
other half of that game, uh, the 49ers, Carlos Hyde, again, didn't practice Wednesday. He's still having problems with that fractured foot. If Hyde doesn't play, who's the running back to own? I know it's not a great matchup, but what are we thinking? Uh, Sean Drawn. Yep, Sean Drawn. Yep. <laughs> the talented uh, Mr. Sean Drawn. I mean, they, Pierre Thomas, uh, had a, he's kind of one and done, uh, you know, uh, in a 49ers uniform. Traveris Cadet, um, Kendall Gaskins are around, but uh, it was Drawn that uh, kind of surprisingly ended up uh, being the featured guy the last time they played. So, yeah, I don't really have a good read on Carlos Hyde. He was supposed to practice today, so the fact that he didn't, I don't know if that was a precautionary measure or if, if it's indicative of a, of a setback. So, yeah, he he's hardly a lock to return to action this week, that's for sure. Anquan Bolden was the only other notable player injured. He was limited at practice, still with that hamstring injury. It seems like he should be able to play, though. Yeah, I get the feeling that he's going to be able to give it a go this week in the absence of a setback, and, and they could certainly use anybody with talent <laughs> in that offense at this stage. They, they've It just hasn't really gone that well, um, you know, getting getting rid of their coach, and now they've switched quarterbacks, and uh, yeah, tough times in San Francisco. Uh, Blaine Gabbert is the part that kind of worries me well, if I was to know, warn, use any San Francisco wide receiver. You know, Blaine Gabbert, to his credit, he did he did okay um, in his uh, in his initial start uh, with the 49ers. And, you know, may, maybe this is time for the Blaine Gabbert renaissance. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm not really buying into that just yet. What, what do you think about that? Is he one of your... Random guys who could do well this week. We discussed so many different backup quarterbacks, and like I just forgot about Blaine Gabbard entirely. But I don't trust him at all. I've, I've seen yeah, enough well, of against Jackson. the Seahawks too. You know, uh, it's, that's a, that's a tough matchup, even for like Colin Kaepernick, who I think is the better player, honestly. And I'm not a huge Kaepernick fan. I don't think there's anyone that's going to be able to succeed that much against the Seahawks. Yeah. Last uh, last team to note the Cardinals. They have a home game, a Sunday night game against the Bengals. Three receivers had injuries for them of note. John Brown and Michael Floyd didn't practice with hamstring injuries, while Larry Fitzgerald was limited at practice with an ankle injury. Are we concerned with any of those receivers missing the game? Well, I mean, um, John Brown has been battling um, that injury for a while. He, d- he did play a decent chunk of snaps um, in Week 10. Didn't, didn't do anything to speak of. Um, I think he should be out there, but uh, you know, the question is, is how, how much is he going to see in terms of targets? Uh, he was kind of a ascending player before he started getting banged up and now now he's kind of a a a tough guy to play at least until he gets the uh, production back Larry Fitzgerald had a big game in uh, week 10 Uh, I don't think that his limitations Wednesday are anything to worry about Uh, Michael Floyd um, he had an even bigger game last week yeah seven catches 113 yards and two touchdowns but he's the guy that that whose whose status is actually maybe a little bit questionable. I mean, I think I think there's a decent chance that he returns to practice as the week uh, goes on, but uh, I wouldn't consider him a lock to play this week. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on. And then that if it ends up turning into a questionable slash game time decision, there you you never like to have to you know roll the dice on a guy that's got the Sunday night kickoff right. or, or the Monday night kickoff. Even worse. So if uh, Floyd is one of your guys. Um, I mean, hopefully you have someone, you know, from either the Sunday night game or the Monday night game you could sub out in case he is scratched. Mike, that's it. We we ran through the gauntlet there. How do you feel? I feel uh, I feel like uh, you know re- ready ready to 
Ready for that donut now. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, now that you brought it up, I've just my tummy's been yeah. grumbling the whole time. Yep. But I, I, that, that was like the, the, the word that, uh, that I said that uh, kicked in some, uh, some uh, feelings there that uh, got you into uh, the two-minute drill there. And, I, was, uh, I was like coaching. Uh, well, I was like Berman on ESPN just going through the two-minute drill real fast. I just want that donut. Back more more next week. Uh, good job this week, Joe, and uh, good luck with all your teams. To our listeners out there, same to you. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions about lineups, who's playing, who's not playing, make sure to check out the site because we follow it closely throughout the week. Yep. Uh, just a reminder, this Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast was brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your first deposit for a free contest, for a free contest entry today. Mike, I wish you the best of luck as well uh, in all of your fantasy football endeavors this week. And I hope to join you again next week. Right. Talk to you then, Joe. Later. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.